1: a ton of encouragement
2: and maybe a little inspiration.
0: Hi everyone, today our topic is Your Way, My Way and it's easy to think or to hope that you can do this your way with great routines, perfect plans, well thought out positions. Except your child often has a very different script in mind and the world, well, it has a different idea too and it comes with a dozen detours, sabotages, distractions guaranteed to throw you off course. And today, I have three parents at the table who've had experiences with juggling your way, my way. So I want to introduce you to Hillary and Andy Ostrega, Michelle K. Moore, and I'm gonna let them tell you about themselves, their family, and a little bit about their children's personality and style because very, very unique and awesome families.
3: Welcome. Good morning, Miss Karen. Good morning.
1: Andy, do you want to go first? Sure. (laughs) Um, My son is Ellie. He is, how do I describe him at the current time? He's kind of devious, like a devious little criminal. Good, good, good. Um, He's just trying to get away with as much as possible right now, and he knows it, and it's completely clear. But um, And if I put his picture up, that, uh, no one would ever believe <laughs> no. that he would be
0: this devious because he is angelic looking. Of course. But of he's, course. yeah. And he's mean, got they he's all are. Wink, <laughs> wink,
3: <laughs> smile, smile. Doe so. eyes. Doe and eyes. And it's just, oh, mommy, daddy, one more minute. <laughs> and just, you know, anything we ask him to do, it's, he, he's got us, you know, wrapped around his finger. In a loving, wonderful way. In a loving, wonderful way. (laughs) As you
0: adjust to a whole new stage in his development and him experimenting. So good. I want to talk a lot about that. And that was Hillary that just said hello, too. And here comes Michelle K. Moore. Tell us about your family
2: my family. Well, um, I have a son, Arthur, who if I were to kind of wrap him up in two different statements is he is slow to warm up and extremely strong-willed. And the slow to warm up comes from his daddy, Grant, my husband, and the strong-willed comes from myself. And so that creates a very intense environment full of creativity and curiosity and challenges and victories.
0: (laughs) And you know what? I'm going to have you go first, um, not on the Your Way, My Way theme, but on the I get him so well because you do get him. And explain to the world um, how you guys are so in sync, being very different
2: in the world. Yeah, you know, I think it's very... um, I think my biggest challenge is because a lot of what goes on in his brain, I thoroughly understand whether it's because a lot of it reminds me of myself um, or also just because I, I just get him. And I think that's the biggest challenge is when you're speaking to people or talking to people or getting advice or teachers or friends, and they you feel that they're not understanding where the child is coming from because I can see an action that he's doing and I can know that the way they're interpreting it isn't going to end up with a solution that will work because what he's expressing is rooted in a completely different place
0: and so appropriate for a see me, hear me, love me theme because with all kids, but especially children who are raised in worlds where they can be themselves and you give them that freedom of expression and that freedom of communication and you're trying to get that, you only see the tip of the iceberg because children aren't rational and they aren't mini-me's. And so by you having that synchronicity with him, um, it makes it really easy for you to know what what's happening up at this level is not what's happening at the deeper level, and so you know where those needs are, and you know where that learning is taking place or the struggles. So um, I know that you are
1: your way, my way. Challenges are going to be different than Hillary and Andy's. But That's s- just interesting because like that whole kind of interplay that you're talking about with knowing your child is really comes from knowing yourself. Also, like I feel like sometimes the complete opposite with Ellie because, like, maybe so I don't know myself well <laughs> enough <laughs> because I'll do things or I'll act, like, in a certain way towards him, and, I'll, I, and afterwards I'll realize I act the same way, and why am I you know, why am I directing you know, like, I don't really understand him, and I just need to step back for a second and be like, oh, well, that's where he's coming from, why couldn't I see it in the moment, you know and it's difficult. And You're I think right. to give that's an cool.
3: example, I, I agree with you 100%, of people... They expect, you know, you control your two-year-old child. They don't control you. You can bring them to this event. You can do that. But if you have this understanding, your child may not like an event with 200 people. Even if you're the parent, they have their own personality. I feel strongly Ellie's had his own personality since he was an infant. And he's been trying to express it, and he continues to try to express it. And the more I try to understand him, he's not always going to get his way. But at least I can I can know that there's certain things he just doesn't like, and things that he does like that won't generally fit into society what they expect. Um, for example, like going to an event or you know the, the traditional setting of a long dinner, which everybody struggles with. Uh, so I, I think knowing your child helps a lot. <laughs> And the two things are, first, knowing... It's always a process
0: because even when you know them, it's not that you don't really know yourself. It's that as grown-ups, we've got all these layers of politically correct, socially appropriate. You've learned all these compensations in order to go through schools, in order to become professionals, in order to drive your car. You had to use a lot of delayed gratification and all of these social emotional skill building things that then become second nature. And as adults, it takes us longer to get back in touch with, oh, what was I feeling there? Because we're not allowed to be explosive in public settings typically. We're not supposed to have meltdowns publicly, typically. However, it's when we see them, we revisit that whole drama in ourselves. So um, I think there's lots of layers. And see me, hear me, love me is about us as much as it's about the children. Um, and and of course, all that judgment of how did you let him do that? or Why aren't you in control? And I do think with my way your way. We do have this. Who's in charge? Who's in control? And why can't I just do it my way? And why won't he do it my way? So let's go to the the devious wink, wink challenge um, one more time. Situations that you were telling me about.
3: And this is what I struggle with. There's two issues. There's both the guilt, and then sometimes you know saying look i'm going to force you to do this now but there's also you have to remember to listen to them because they're people and just because they're supposed to do something he's trying to tell us something he's trying to communicate and as he gets more language we can understand better and it's awesome
1: the, the but, reason that's like so difficult though is because only like i don't know a year ago they didn't have any input oh yes <laughs> no? he did
0: and, and he like, was in my <laughs> class a year ago and he <laughs> okay wait <laughs> I promise you, from the time they are babies in my Discover Me, and they are coming in at eight weeks... I have to respond differently to different temperaments. If I come on too forceful, the child will resist or, or, or pull back. There are some children I have to mediate with a toy. There are some children I have to approach the parent first, always with slow to warm up. There, every child has their own way. And it's just, I happen to love the pre-verbal, pre-rational stage. It's just, I think as parents who aren't familiar with all this early childhood magic, it gets confusing, but no, no. They people from day one. But let's go back to examples. Because it's this what happens is it's not that you don't know your child and it's not that you don't know what your goals are. It's that it's a collaboration. And, and the world makes you think that parenting is one way. If I know what I'm doing, I can get compliance, I can do, and I'm the person that's carrying the burden. And you're not. It, it, from, from day one, it was a synchronicity, a dance of how do I be in sync with my child and create attachment and bonding. 18 months, two and a half, three, forget it. Now they are forcibly their own person and they want to be an op- they have to be in opposition to you. So tell me about how we're going to negotiate. Or collaborate with Ellie at this stage?
3: There's a lot of negotiation and we're both attorneys, which so like he <laughs> is also the same way. In fact he's been winning negotiations. For example, he might want uh, uh, two applesauces and I'll say, Ellie, will have no applesauce and he'll say, okay, I'll have four <laughs> and then I'll say, okay, Ellie, maybe one and then I'll go to three and we're back at two which is what he originally asked for and he's, oh, he's one. So he is so smart. Uh, it blows my mind um, but there's negotiations with everything. Getting in a car, he might say, no mommy, not right now and giggle. It's not a tantrum anymore thankfully and I don't want it to be a tantrum
1: oh, today, no. so I don't push. Right,
3: hey, Except <laughs> this morning, want to school. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to
1: come to school. There's always an
3: exception. But it, will you brush your teeth now? No, and it's just it's just a laugh or a smirk, and and so we give another minute and we wait another minute, and it, it turns into this long dance of waiting, and eventually it gets done. But if I push it right from the beginning, if a rush, that's when the tantrum comes. So it's just a lot of... Okay, so no. my first question for you is, does he really win?
0: Is it a win-lose? Because you started with no applesauce, but if you weren't really committed to no applesauce, it's, it's sort of a fake gesture that you feel that you have to be the parent in charge, and maybe it's really not about that at all. So And, and the same thing with one more bedtime book and one more this and one more that. If eventually he does it, is it a win-win? or is it is it a win lose
1: I feel like or with something I feel like with with some things you're just trying to get a po- across the point that I'm in control and you mm-hmm. need to understand that and with other things and you know cuz may be more important issues like brushing your teeth obviously that's something you know we got to get across. That are negotiable and yeah. there are things
0: that are not right. there are some things that need to be done either slowly or quickly but wait let me come to the um, it's all a negotiation because And who's in control? Because what I think is the minute you say, Ellie, do you want, if you give him an opportunity to say no, at his age and stage, he can't say, Oh yeah, I'm ready, thanks so much. It's never gonna happen. And it's gonna happen with potty training all of the time. You'll see in my books, it's gonna say, Never ask, do you need to potty? Because the go-to answer. answer—they're not. That's not a rational, oh, let me think. Do I feel something in my body? Let me think, do I want that applesauce? Do I not want the applesauce? None of that's happening in their brains. So what's really happening is, do you want? <laughs> oh, she just gave me a chance to say no. My answer's no. It's not final answer because I am not answering her question. I'm doing this engagement dance that says, look at me. I am smart. I am funny. I am social and I'm a trickster. And I love that twinkle in your eye when I pull you into my crazy world.
3: I think you just spoke everything we feel. <laughs> 100%. The,
1: the problem so, with it is in, when you're in the zone and like living that situation, it's just like very difficult to have to step back and apply all that. Right. So yeah, you're never smarter <laughs> than your child
0: in the moment. You're only smarter than your child when you step back. So what I'm going to do? I'm going to let me put something out. So what I want you to do is know that it does come to that self awareness. Do I mean what I say? And you have no discipline ground from now. And this is only practice for teenage years. So so start practicing because if if you don't
3: mean what you say. Don't say it. Well, don't even go there. And I don't even... It's exactly what you're saying because when I was talking about the applesauce, that was a bedtime issue and... Even in my own mind, oh, I don't care if you want some, but I'm not sure. But you shouldn't have some. So in my own mind, I'm not even clear. Right. And I'm sure he's, I'm portraying that to him. Oh, right? they can
0: smell ambiguity. They can smell doubt. They, and, 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 and it's not in a, I don't want to mean that in a manipulative way. I don't want to mean that even in a devious way. I mean it in a, their social emotional intelligence is so much clearer raw, transparent than ours they're like if she doesn't know, I can't count on her. I can't count on her to guide me and put the bumpers around my world so that I'm going straight versus off into gutters so that's where it's like do you really do have to take a second and go hmm, let me think about applesauce and even if you just delay it's an old Anthony Robbins thing when you want to change your response change what you do And he's going to go, huh? She's going to decide? And then if you mean no applesauce or you go, you know what? I'm fine with applesauce, but it's bedtime. And if you just take that pause, probably you can have more clarity than you think you have. Um, And then the other issue is knowing in advance where are the struggles. If the struggles are every bedtime, if the struggles are every nap time, if the struggle is school, those are the times when you're going to have those conversations outside. And and, and you're going to say, "Hmm, you know, Ellie, it took us a really long time to get to school today. And... And on Monday, we're going to try differently. No shame, no blame. Just sort of, you know what, we're going to start again. And here's how I'm going to make decisions so that we can all get out of the house because mommy and dad are going to work, because something else is happening, because the world is moving forward. And then then you can have the confidence and integrity of your choices. Long speech, but I'm going to come back. Thank you. Uh, Let's jump to Michelle because she has a whole different context of my way, your way out there in the world. Again, but it's that same doubt and guilt. So give us some of your examples and then we'll reopen. So,
2: and um, I think it's really cool what you said about, you know, possibly if you know yourself better. But what sometimes I feel like it's even more about in my situation is it's not even as as much that I know myself, but that I trust that he knows himself. Um, So in that realm and in that world, when it's your way, my way, a lot of the times it's with different people who are taking care of my kid. Okay, but I have to ask you to pause here for a second. When you say he knows himself,
0: and and I love that, and I want see me, hear me, love me to be about honoring this little person. How do you manage that he is little and that under a certain age, let's say under kindergarten, we've got contradictory, he wants contradictory things. He wants to be at school and not at school. He wants to, well, he wants to go to um, karate and not go to karate. He wants to be with his friends. Anyways, all of those things that are not rational and that are, go ahead.
2: But that it, within that, I trust that those contradictions and that those things are part of his process to figure it out. And that by him doing that, he's not being bad. I hate the word right, bad, right, but right. he's not being bad. He's not trying to combat. Or devious. You or devious, <laughs> right. He's, because I remember. You threw me under the bus right We right. We were. <laughs> we we're <laughs> we're going to talk about the Pigeon, you know. So, No, we were having a really, really tough morning, and I was explaining to him, we have to go to school, and I know you're having these emotions, and I need you to be strong, and we're going back and forth, and then finally, he just burst out, I don't know how to be strong, and it was a big moment for me, because here I was, so frustrated that he was debating with me, and, you know, we were having this big conflict, and... Hold your thought because what I want, I have to tell everybody how old Arthur is. Oh, yes. How old? Three. Three. September 28th, he was three.
0: He just turned three. How old is Ellie? Two and a half. Two and a half. So, again, I want everybody out there to know that not all children and not all three-year-olds will ever be able to have that sentence come out of their mouth. (laughs) But it's this perfect combination of your parenting style, your verbal skills, your emotional skills, and that Arthur is in sync with you that way, which is not typical. (laughs) But you invested yourself in it and gave him an opportunity to express something many children don't get to do.
2: No, thank you. It was... a big moment for me because here I was asking him to be something that he didn't know how to be and that's when I say he knows himself he trusts himself is he is aware of things that he can and he cannot do obviously to the level that a three-year-old can be so when I'm dealing with a teacher or somebody else taking care of him and somebody will say well he didn't need his lunch and I'll say that's okay he wasn't hungry. And what's funny is on the ride home, I'll say, why didn't you eat your lunch? And he'll say, we had snack and it was someone's birthday. We had a lot of cupcakes. Oh, well, that makes sense. You were full. And I, if I was full, well, I would always eat lunch. but, <laughs> But if I can understand you being full or he would give me a reason that made sense to him. And then when he is hungry, he eats. And so for me, it's not oh my goodness, my kid didn't eat lunch. It's he knows why he didn't eat lunch. He had a reason. So how do and, you resist the pressure in your way, my
0: way to um, have the quick fix, to have him look um, cooperative and easy? Arthur's not easy. He's, he's deep and complicated. Yes. Um, and you're okay with that, but you do get pressure from the world maybe? Yes, um, a lot. To, to, to put him into a different box.
2: Or what's your struggle? That's if a good. You don't? That's a good question because I don't really think I have the answer yet. I'm not quite sure I ever will. I know that my. It's helpful to me that I have a pediatrician who really agrees with the way we're doing things or supports it. What you know, the agreeing, I guess, is. A, Not necessarily important, but that he's supportive of what we're doing, and you know, will say, "Don't force your kid to eat if he's not hungry." As opposed to, I know maybe other doctors would say they have to eat at a certain time, and that might work for that particular parent. But I think it would be tough for me if I went to my doctor and they disagreed. Let me ask the question in a different way:
0: How do you explain the world's expectations to Arthur? Huh?
3: Question.
2: Well, the world's expectations when they're different than yours. Right. I've been discussing with him a lot that there's different, that different people do do different things and have different ways. And that when we're in certain situations, we try to do the things that they do. For example, when you go into classroom, you have to wash your hands. We can't, even if you wash, right, Right. the rules of the classroom. Um, I tried to explain, and sometimes I do say, I know this isn't how we do it. This is how they do it. And when we're here, this is the space for that. And I think he always, because I've always given him explanations, when I do explain it, it's almost like he feels like I'm respecting him. Well, because he is validated, and he is, and and I do believe that is an entitlement-free
0: child principle, which is, I have my needs, I am assertive about my needs and my voice, but I know that sometimes I'm part of something bigger than myself that isn't identical to me, and then you don't get into the entitlement box because you get into. I understand that other people think and act differently than I do, and I can have that mutual respect. And you're giving him that safety net to do I mean, that. I, I hope. And I. But it's not easy.
2: No, and I also I try. Um, I try very hard to let him know that if there is something that doesn't feel right that I will be there to support him and that's kind of my big root as a family that I grew up in and it's a very important thing for me to instill in my family that okay if this happens and it really is a problem I will talk to whoever needs to be talked to but for today and I try to make it very not um I try to make when we try to do new things not like huge in the future and not a long commitment. But you don't want to do karate? Let's do karate today and see how it goes. And if not, I will investigate. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not. And, and this way, he knows that I'm listening to him, and I hear that he doesn't want to go. And he'll he knows his teachers then know what's going on, and we kind of all try to come together. It takes a lot of communication to figure it out. and a lot
0: of collaboration. So I'm going to ask you one question, and I'm going to bring it back to Hillary and Andy with that. That smirk, that smile, that child who mm-hmm. knows that they can engage you in the <laughs> art of engagement. Yes. Um, and that is the book that I had told them about looking at was the ch- children's book, Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. Have you ever seen that book? No. It's awesome. It's okay. Mo Willems, and you can see it on YouTube. And he, Mo Willems is, of course, one of the greatest authors of all time for young children. But what I want to ask you about is, while you're taking his side, are there times when you know he's just experimenting yes. with pushing? And the and the pigeon and the bus story goes with the pigeon's like the bus driver leaves the bus, and as he's leaving, he says, "Don't let the pigeon drive the bus." And the pigeon now spends the whole rest of the book going, "Please, I promise I'll be good. I know how to do it." I like to honk the horn um and i can't remember all the other negotiation strategies that he has but so my question for you is if and if arthur gets to his pigeonness, um how you respond and shut it down with that empathy validation but still going this you know i have you, you can't you know you can play pigeon. You can, you can drive all around that playground. You can have a great imagination about how powerful, strong, independent you are to run the world. But in this context, mommy chooses.
2: Well, I cannot at all say that I have that part down. Um, that is part of the daily insanity. What I do know is that we I try to use humor. Humor works for him. It works for me because we both have intense personalities. Give us an example. Um, an example <laughs> of humor. Well, kind of like what you guys were saying when Ellie might outsmart you or... Yes. I... Honor the outsmartingness. That was hilarious. Good going, dude. We're doing something different. Ha ha, we laugh about it. So, for example, I had read in an amazing um, book that I love about parenting, how to talk so kids will listen and listen so they'll talk. Or is it listen how to talk so children will listen. listen and listen so they'll talk or it's listen and then talk whatever <laughs> faber's the yes, author <laughs> Faber, thank you and it had said you know you can give your child choices kind of you know what you guys did and i i would always say okay arthur we can do this or we can do this you can have two or you can have none and so i was busy filling out paperwork for school and arthur wanted me to play with him and he wanted me to find something and i said to him arthur i'm doing paperwork right now and he said mommy you have two choices You can go find my toy, or you can sit and you play with me. And I have to say, what did I do? I stood there, and I laughed, and I was like, that's a funny one, dude. Good going. That's not an option right now. <laughs>
0: and how clever! And that's and that's a thing that we do. That there is that landmark age where they realize because choices aren't about do this or or else. It's about two choices that take the child exactly to the outcome you want. Right. And he realized that he could steer your choices to exactly his gains. with that twinkle, with the twinkle.
2: And uh, I did, and I and then the moment kind of pe- honestly, then the moment passed because instead of me bringing it to another level I laughed I acknowledged that he was super clever and I said not how it's going to work and so sometimes that's are you let are you getting emotionally engaged and are and are you letting them see that they're pushing your buttons okay that was a successful time it's not always let's go to (laughs) your pigeon example okay
3: (laughs) this one you know it's at the end of the day we're tired we're at the playground and He, we've been playing and playing and playing, and I just, he just wants to go on the swing one more time. And, you know, we did the one more time, we did the one more time, now it's ten more times, and it's just no. And it's no mommy, daddy, want to do swing, no, 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 and this is going on for 15 minutes, we're just, it's not getting ugly, but we're just going back and forth, (laughs) yes, no, yes, no, and finally, it's just, you know, I go fine. You can go to the swing, and he runs over there. After 15 minutes, he touches it. I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to just to have win. The have the have last, the last word. word. He didn't even want to go on the swing,
0: anymore. and he could have had the last word 14 minutes sooner. And that's that's the How? difference. <laughs>
2: Seriously. <laughs> oh, no, I think it's
0: just, it's, it's saying, okay, because last, last turn does mean last turn. And it's like, and then you just start walking to the gate and it's like, do, or you can say, do what you need to do because it is time for us to go to the car. I do think the best way out is the way we used to send you out of the classroom when they were 18 months and two is what's coming next. Focus forward. Right. So it's, I mean, when they're really little, I'll say, hmm, time to go to their car. What color is your car? Get, get a whole new idea in there that, and not distraction because they're too smart for distraction, but a different kind of engagement. Hmm, Who's, where's your car seat in the car? Is it behind mommy or daddy? Just pose something that gets them out of that moment. But again, the bottom line is he he does need to win and he needs to have that dignity. And I knew an attorney many years ago, a very famous attorney who, 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 who said if you've got the win, go ahead and let them have the last word. And I was like, well, that works with kids. because if So you know we're leaving. And if you just create that space for him to run over and touch the swing, he will learn to take that opportunity in a shorter time. Trust
1: that he can do it. But he can do it. I, Did you read him? The, go ahead. Oh, I had one of these yesterday, actually. I don't know. Uh, I'll just call it the cupcake. The cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma and Grandpa like to set up every situation. The way grandma and grandpa deal with things is so much different than the way we deal Oh, Oh my God. God. (laughs)
2: They're going to be so upset. Well, they try their way my way. (laughs) They
1: try to set up every situation so that there's never a problem in the first place. So grandpa screwed up. He got a cupcake, and he should have known better from the beginning to get Ellie a cupcake before dinner, you know, because... Ellie's going to want to eat that cupcake. Well, the situation became, let's not give Ellie the cupcake now and try to explain that to him, and he wasn't having it. So it became a whole situation where, eventually, Ellie got his way, because it's grandma and grandma's house. I'm going to have a piece of the cupcake. Ellie gets the cupcake in his hand what does he do chucks it across the room and it lands icing first on the couch Ooh. and now it's just now he's upset Everybody, Everybody, yeah. everybody's upset tears I had to take him out of the room bring him into yeah. another room because grandma can't you know grandma and grandpa have a hard time even dealing with any type of um, emotion the well, not, not the emotion the the fact that oh this might be a timeout type of situation or like you God know forbid like he's down trying. the law type of situation right, right, right. you know
3: right. but they heard him yeah. they heard everyone arguing over if there should be a cupcake. He knew that there was confusion right. in the house. So, and here's <laughs> the reality, and it's a
0: great example to end the your way, my way, because what happens is there's always going to be a cupcake. There's always going to be that thing that pops up in the situation. And so, worst case... You give him the cupcake, it's not about the cupcake, it's about the testing, it's about power, and you want him to experiment with the power. We don't want to go back to children should be seen and not heard. We don't want to go there. No how, no way. So I want them to experiment, but I also want us to have a calm, compassionate, better reaction. But what happens when the cupcake gets thrown, then it's like... Wow! It becomes the cupcake joke of the year. I mean, now you just have a great family story. Remember when Grandpa got you that cupcake?
3: It's funny. He loves that story. He's of asked course. to tell of us the course. cupcake story because it's about him and power
0: and drama. He loves it. And and the other and the other alternative to that scenario is he doesn't get the cupcake. And then what happens is he has a horrible meltdown and you go, you wanted that cupcake so bad. It's just a different kind of story. So it's all good. And what I worry about in the whole scenario is I don't want anybody here or out there in this world to think that there's a way to parent where you don't get all of these stories and all of these dramas and all of these unexpected things. This is the reality that I want to celebrate. This is the messiness that's your children growing, thriving, finding themselves, defining themselves, and taking you on this journey of self-definition and discovery the whole
1: way. I just think there's so much pressure, though, like to have every situation be perfect. And God forbid you don't have that perfect situation. People want to you know easily explain it like this is why what's that's wrong? That, yeah. what's wrong but this is why that's happening because they're not doing this right this one thing that could be done right and you know what It's just there's so many layers to it. Yeah. But that's the
0: purpose of this podcast. (laughs) This is the purpose of See Me, Hear Me, Love Me for them, for you, and to tell the rest of the world, look, those expectations have never been reasonable. They've never been realistic. And it is what's making parenting harder today than any time in the multiple decades that I've been out here listening to stories. No, we just etch a sketch it and say we're not playing that game and we want to celebrate. Cupcakes. So in closing, um, we'll, we have to end on the positive. So what's the one thing that you've got? My my thing that I want to end that with, that I always want you to feel or listeners to feel is you got this. You got this through the messy. You got this through the crazy. You got this through the, um, what was the... Um, you've got this and it doesn't have to be a big picture it can be it can be it can be a global but it can be just you got this for today you got this for
3: this week someone want to go first? I can start Um, what I've got now is I'm not scared anymore because I know that I can even with this two and a half year old and again it blows my mind I can talk to him and I can explain to him what I think are big adult concepts, and we talk about it. And so even if there's something that, you know, it's something new for all of us or as a family or just the two of us, I just talk to him. And I, I, I know that's what I always go back to if I have to. Love it. and I'm and, not scared anymore. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah, I would, I would kind of just playing off of that a little bit, I would say that I've got the fact that I don't have the answers to it. And sometimes I just have to walk away. And that's okay. It's okay. So, like, that's kind of as, you know, as he gets older and we're, you know, we're learning like every day just like he's learning every day. Like, it's okay to just step away, you know. And just come back. And these later. are first children.
0: So <laughs> yeah. the next time or the next person that comes to you with a three year old, you're like, Huh, we so got three down and then now your child's five. So guess what? It's all your your first children always are the, the tip of that ice cutter coming down the river that's breaking open new
2: territory. Michelle? This is you? this is tough. This is tough. And I, I I got this I guess changes on a on a daily basis or by the minute. <laughs> maybe but I think for me for the place that we are right now in our family that I got this is we are very well aware that there is no such thing as a normal night a normal day a normal morning a normal afternoon we do not have a child who is going to regularly do anything the same way and when you kind of give in to that or let go of that and then allow the chaos to ensue, it's a little bit more relaxing instead of holding yourself to the standards of what other people might say has to be done.
0: I love that point. And can I also add that with a new baby coming, (laughs) um, you're in a transition time, and Arthur's in a transition time, so how could you know, that, or how can you believe that this is just going to be like, that that everything's set. It's not set because you're in a you're in a time of growth and change. So yes, it's okay to just accept that you don't know. Uh, Easier said that than every done. Every day will be the same. But yes, I thank you wholeheartedly mm. for being here. Thank you guys too. make me laugh. You make me <laughs> curious. You make me think harder. You're and the best. I just have to put in there. You're awesome. Okay, I love pass. you. Love you. We love you. love you. So that's the mess for today. We appreciate you listening to see me, hear me, love me seeing little people learn and grow, listening to parents taking a crazy, uncertain journey, loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week, take care. Oh, 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 wait, we're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook, That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and the Follow for the song listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.